Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to another Ace of Geeks podcast. Today is Saturday, September 26th, and this is episode 24. There, I've said it, now John Howe can't get mad at me. I'm your host, David, uh, standing in for Mike or Mark Fu or whoever else would normally host this thing with me, and I've got two new guys with us, uh, Nick and Joe, so introduce yourselves and... Tell us a little bit about yourselves, guys. Uh, I am sorry. I haven't seen the orientation video yet. I'm not sure I can talk about this yet. <laughs> Hi, my name is Joe Hatzel. <laughs> I am the features editor of the Joplin Globe in southwest Missouri. I am also a huge geek and uh, am a big fan of video games, of science fiction, of uh, playing cards. I have a huge collection of cards behind me, and it really is a mystery why I haven't been involved with Ace of Geeks up until now because, really, I probably have more physical aces than anybody on the face of the earth. So, hi, welcome. Good to talk to you. Hi, I'm Nick. I'm just here for my looks. <laughs> they are very good looks. I can see them through the air. Wow, cool. <laughs> this is awesome. We actually have we actually have a a reporter with us. This is amazing. And apparently, there's someone who looks very good in air. <laughs> got it. So, I mean, how can I follow that? I, I've got nothing. I got nothing. Uh, that's fair enough. So, yeah, in, in normal, as this is getting off to a wonderful, roaring, cracking start with, you know, hilarity, sarcasm, and hijinks, you know, let's just start with some science. Um, so I'm bringing the weekly science to you in lieu of Lauren Harrington, one of our no- normal correspondents. And today, from Nerdist, they're bringing us an article via Wired magazine about a gentleman who can walk for the first time with Bluetooth. Is that not amazing? That's that's incredible. That's incredible. You know, the whenever I first saw this, I, the first thing I thought of was that one scene from Big Bang Theory where they're talking about putting the uh, Bluetooth on the penny blossom things that the little flowers oh, yeah. for the hair that Penny's making, and everybody is <laughs> saying everything's better with Bluetooth. It really is. <laughs> exactly. It really is. It's amazing. I, I had no idea that Bluetooth could be used for such a uh, for for such a, a for a prosthetic like that but uh but yeah that's just it's one of those things it's probably a no-brainer that nobody thought of it beforehand but now that is just amazing i mean watching that video was incredible oh yeah so here's the breakdown um and honestly it has been a huge year for the world of prosthetics i mean we have seen some pretty crazy stuff come out from you know a pair from you know a paralyzed man using his brain to communicate with metal arms, you know, kids with uh, our Lego hands to the whole range of the new uh, 3D printed arms that are coming out. Um, this, guy, this gentleman, um, uh, 28-year-old Adam Fritz, um, hasn't walked since he had an accident that severed his spinal cord about five years ago. So the guy was 23 and he, had, he got in an accident, severed his spinal cord, can't feel his legs, hasn't walked since. And now with this new Bluetooth technology that um, has, with, well, not new Bluetooth technology, but this new um, proof of concept idea that essentially takes Bluetooth and an EEG cap and a bunch of other cool sensors and stuff hooked up to his legs allows him to walk. It's literally using Bluetooth to transmit the signals of his brain that still are saying, hey, I can walk, I know how and transmitting them to sensors in his legs and letting him do it. And, you know, what was really cool is that, you know, it, it took him 19 weeks to do it. Like, he had to go through some intense physical therapy to build his legs back up. And they were using a, um, a uh, VR program, which looks like they had a Half-Life 2 <laughs> and Half-Life 2 models in it. And literally, it was using that in an EEG cap so he could practice moving, using his brain to move a... 
digital character around to the point where his brain got used to the idea of sending those signals and transmitting those signals of what it means to walk. And there's this great video from Wired that shows him like in a, har- in a harness holding up his body you know, in the ceiling, and he's holding onto a walker, but you see the guy taking steps, and it is, it, it's amazing. It, it's one of the most awesome things I've seen. And in the, in the previous weeks, we've talked a lot about prosthetics and the whole idea of which future are we going to? Are we going to Luke Skywalker, Metal Hand? Or are we going the full Ghost in the Shell route with cybernetic bodies? But this is, this is just baller technology. This is just amazing. Do you think that uh, whenever they used the, uh, the Half-Life 2 environment as part of the VR training, you got to wonder if they used the uh, G-Man as motivation. You know, maybe if you see the G-Man off in the distance and you see him walking away and, oh, i got to catch up to him, i got to catch up to him, that would be perfect motivation for me. Like, where is he? And try to get there and get the legs moving. I think Portal might have been more fun. Well, yeah. <laughs> just, just have, just have, Gla- just have Glados talk to you. You call that a step. You can walk better than that. Let's have a challenge. But I mean, really, what this guy has done is is amazing. And this, this, and all this research is being done at, um, in California at University of California, Irvine. You know, the good old UC system. It may, it may not take California students, but it sure as hell is doing groundbreaking science. <laughs> um. Yeah, but we're not, we're not having that political conversation. Ah, okay. No, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna no, say. we're not talking. We're not. This is this is this is not a pol- pol- political website. We're a geekly website. We're a geeky website. We're talking about how awesome it is that this guy is is on his way, taking some steps. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, what do you think about what do you think about it, Nick? I mean, you've been rather silent. Um, I mean, yeah, I don't want to step on any toes. No, step on toes. We uh, we st- we step on each other's lines here routinely. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't have a lot to. to Offered. I mean, we keep saying amazing, but I feel like that's understating it. I mean, like miraculous is, seems to be a better word. It's it's just it's it's huge. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're talking about you know, Luke Skywalker hand or Ghost in the Shell. I'm personally still waiting for some robot eyes myself, but um, <laughs> you know, this is this is the first step. Yeah. No, no pun intended. A, <laughs> literally. <laughs> no. Yeah. Literally. But I no, it, but it is. It is an awesome first step, and it's it's a great proof of concept for technology, and for this kind of technology. And you know, the, the great thing is, is that because it's Bluetooth and it's technology we know, and it's technology that's already out there, it means that uh, that that gateway for kind of producing, make mass producing this, is a little bit bigger. <laughs> and you know, it, it it may actually, you know, this may actually be if it becomes feasible, it may not be as expensive as it could be as, you know, it might be if, you know, they were developing all this technology, you know, from the ground up. And, you know, I, I just I really hope that, you know, things like this just very quickly become affordable. And you know, it's not going to, you know, kind of keep people out of out pe- keep people out of the technology because it's so damn expensive. I mean, well, in a sli- in a very tangential topic, that guy that bought the AIDS drug and just like raised the price like five hundred percent, and only decreased it because the internet freaked out at him. But I mean, it th- and that that is an issue with within you know Amer- American um, American medical science. It's like, yeah. oh hey, we develop all this great shit, but shit, but. It's expensive, and so we're going to make money off the patient. And depending (laughs) on the insurance company, who knows what you're actually paying because they'll charge one person one thing, another person another thing, completely dependently on what kind of insurance they have. Yeah, the insurance they have and, you know, Uh, my parents work in the the medical field. I I hear the discussions about insurance (laughs) all the time on the occasions I go home and, you know, someone is bitching about some uh, bitching about paperwork. And, you know, just I am all about science. I am not about science for for profit at the expense of patients. And this is the kind of thing that will actually change patients' lives, make patients' lives easier. And it's it should not. This is the kind of thing that yes, it'll probably be expensive as shit to develop, but it shouldn't. It it should be act. It should no, be accessible and now to that the now that the basic idea has been presented, uh, the improvements can start because uh, you see the apparatus that that guy is using. It is kind of bulky. I mean, there's those two uh, like antenna large uh, support units that are coming out of his shoulders. Uh, the you know the entire rig. The that 
that can also be streamlined. That can be reduced. I mean, this this one innovation has the ability to spark a lot more innovations. And uh, and what the heck? We're talking politics. It'll create germs. We need germs. So yeah, it's it's fantastic to see technology uh, discovering new things, new avenues that at the core are going to make somebody's life better and and really cool too. Yeah. How cool would it be? To say that yes, I'm walking because of Bluetooth. I'm what my brain is 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 telling my legs in a different way using technology to walk. I mean, that's it's just fantastic. It's amazing. So uh, I'm it is, so and you know, no, I'm, so, I'm no, curious. Continue. I'm no, curious. You're first, uh, Nick. I want to see what this leads to. What is this going to be the catalyst of of greater uh, discoveries and inventions for I mean, not just walking, but like maybe other limbs or you know. I'd like to see where to go with it, not just streamlining it, streamlining it to be a smaller, you know, apparatus, or who knows where to go from there. But yeah, I want to see wh- where it goes. I agree, and then you know, also it's there's the whole EEG technology that they're using. I mean, that EEG cap is is it's got to go over his whole head. Then you got to like have all those leads that hook up to a computer. I mean, this could improve EEG technology, make it smaller, make it so that all you need to do is really put a couple Bluetooth sensors on the guy's head, and then you can map the brain and map all the all the information that the brain is processing through just like a Bluetooth stick-on sensor. So, you know, and then, you know, they're also talking about, you know, how, you know, the, how the guy has to wear a special EEG cap just to monitor this, and so he can do it. You know, imagine if this can, you know, if, you know, now it's like a you know, eventually down the line, it's a simple brain surgery where all they're doing is they're just kind of tacking the system into the head, on like attaching it to the brain so that it's like just putting transmitters in there. So the brain is then, you know, basically you're fitting bioamplifiers, to use the word in the article, to the body and allowing the, uh, the amplifier to send the signal, to increase the signal going down to the to the sensors on the nerves on the legs and waking them up and saying, "Okay, it's now, time to do out shit." Out of all that that you just said, uh, not take away from any of it, um, just to show where we are as a, a people, a society. You used the term "simple brain surgery." <laughs> that, that should say something. Yeah, I mean, never mind that. You know, just five years ago, we were getting pissed off at people using Bluetooth in the bathroom. Now it's letting somebody. <laughs> Walk, you know, taking you know this huge step forward in science. <laughs> and by by, and in no way yeah, is brain surgery ever simple. Hey, these days it could be. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I know. know. I mean, there might be a really good video on YouTube that will teach even... you how to do brain surgery. You don't know. Yeah, that's right. Go to for my <laughs> oh uh, god medical procedures. <laughs> yeah, but you, oh dear god. Yeah, and, and what in terms of creating jobs, also. <laughs> The you have a a new industry opening up for brain cap fashion because just think what the fashion minded people could do. Uh, they could make like a really trim looking skull cap. Uh, they could make anime hair that are at the, that go on there. They could, there are so many things you could do with these. So ma- yeah, I mean Etsy. This is, <laughs> this, this could do a whole new way. The reemergence of bedazzling. Yes. <laughs> oh duh. Oh no. Oh god, you went there. A bedazzled <laughs> EEG cap. Oh dear god. Yeah, this this is where we go at nine a, at nine a.m. Pacific time. <laughs> yeah, just wait science for and bedazzling. Yeah, there you yeah. go. All right. Um, okay. Joe, go I, next. You know, one of the things that you know, I'm gonna from what I have been seeing a, of. Uh, it's been hard for me to participate in the world lately because I have been playing so much Destiny lately. I don't know about you guys, but I was addicted to that game before the update uh, of The Taken King came out a week ago, Tuesday. And ever since then, I have been madly playing, madly trying to update, upgrade my character and trying to do it in the old way, you know, the the old character grinding ways. But then something happened last Tuesday. Now, you guys play Destiny, right? Nope. Nope. <laughs> Hi, my name is David, and Hi, I David. am addicted to Destiny okay, yeah, as well. Okay, you know about uh, Tuesday's hidden mission. Then uh, the uh, yeah for those who, for those people oh who, god oh yes it was very it, it hurt a lot for those who don't play <laughs> Destiny. Um, it is basically a game. It's a multi 
it's MMORPG. There's a lot of people playing online. And basically, you're doing the same levels. You're going into the same areas and doing the same missions, only the difficulty gets harder. That's the way Destiny used to be beforehand. So last Tuesday, players are doing the daily mission, you know, getting their weekly rewards. And all of a sudden, there's a door open that hasn't been opened before. Now, the standard thinking is, oh, glitch? Well, let's check it out. All of a sudden, voices, the new Nolan bot starts talking, saying, oh, hey, there's an old signal here. And then you go in and there's an actual hidden mission inside the story mission. And it basically presented a challenge of you had to exterminate all these new, take the, the enemies are called the Taken. You had to exterminate all of them in 10 minutes. And if you got it, if you killed them all, shot them all in their nasty alien tusky faces, then you got a super nice reward of a really sweet exotic sniper rifle. It was really a grind to do. But ever since then, here's what I'm seeing. Players are taking time to explore again. And that is awesome. Uh, before the Taken King, we really didn't have a lot of reason to explore. There were golden chests scattered around the game, but the rewards in there weren't very good. Uh, in other words, that what we were doing were traveling on the same roads, walking the same paths, launching our sparrow off the same rocks, getting the same fat air every time. But now we have a reason to explore, and that is the best part of the hidden mission there. We, we have a reason to start looking in the, the same places again. And not only for going through that massive new Dreadnought that's part of the game, but even just the levels that we've already been going through. I mean, I'm seeing players on Earth, Mars, they're, they're going through looking for things, not just glitches, but actual things now. And that's great to see. I rem- yeah, I remember um, early on in Destiny from like September, like when, from when mm-hmm. it launched Correct. last year, last year, September, from about like, from about like, launch all the way through about March this year where people were like oh hey we found there's there's uh, people are finding new content by exploring new regions of destiny that no one's ever seen before and you'd hear like people leak supposed leaks of information coming from things that de- intrepid destiny explorers have found you know leaks about um first the the first to, the first expansion then the taken and then the uh, house of wolves um and it was kind of nice, you know, people going to kind of pushing the game to the edge and somehow finding ways into areas that were not, you know, that no one had found before. But yeah, mm-hmm. Destiny was always felt like a grind. Like it's just like after a while you just get bored. And I actually left. I didn't play Destiny for huh. basically after I beat Skolas, I stopped playing. And I I I spent my entire time playing The Witcher because I wanted to beat The Witcher before The Taken King came out. But the Taken King has like more or less reabsorbed me, and I don't know <laughs> yep. how I'm gonna play any other game, just because there's a lot to do. Even though I've cleared all the story missions, I still haven't beaten the raid. And I want, and you know, if there's gonna be, if there are Absolutely. more hidden secret missions, I want to play them. But still, this one, <laughs> this one is so goddamn hard. I did it like five, I did it <laughs> five times, and I couldn't clear it. Just that last, that last, that last, the last room. The last room oh, killed the boss. Damn. Can't kill all the ads. Yeah, we never could like, get the boss. The fuck? We wasted too much time with the ads, and uh, uh, the times we tried to do it, we were uh, we were all under leveled too. We had no idea that you need to be two ninety to tackle it. We're like uh, we're fresh two eighties, and uh, tootle on thinking, hey, we're invincible, we're unstoppable. When you know we tool in there, and uh, even the first room gives us challenges. Uh, but yeah. By the time you get into the last room with those huge uh, blinding wrecking balls that come in, and then every time one of those comes in, uh, somebody on my raid team had to sing, It came in like a wrecking ball. And, you know, that just distracts us more. So, the oh, yeah, it was it was a gauntlet, and I cannot wait to try it again. I'm a little bit stronger now. I'm at 291 right now. I think maybe I could do a little bit better at it. But uh, but I'm also wondering what other kinds of nasty challenges are waiting. You know, as as excited as I am to find things, oh, I'm yeah. not sure I'm going to like what I find inside them. Now this is a, a video game, like on uh, Nintendo or something. Yes, it is. No, a, I'm, I'm I'm kidding. Yes, I'm yes it's yeah. a yes. <laughs> this is Destiny that, is a lot like Tetris. Um, <laughs> the uh, 
<laughs> yeah, I thought there'd be more to that. That's <laughs> dang. <laughs> you had me going. Actually, I was waiting. No, actually, it is. If you think of it, it is. You have to do a lot of Tetrisy type things, especially in the raids. Like, for example, there are now like thirty different. There are thirty different ships that are flying around in random trajectories. Mm. Find your way across the giant gap. Make sure oh, you jump man. on the right ship. I, yeah, I haven't even taken a nowhere. look inside the raid. I haven't. Oh yeah, there there are two <laughs> jumping puzzles, one after the other. So if you had trouble getting through the vault of glass, that that <laughs> jumping puzzle they had in the vault of glass, you're not going to be happy when you when you see the second jumping puzzle. No, no, because you're going to have to jump from hive ship to oh, hive wow. to, from hive tomb ship to hive tomb ship, and make sure you're jumping across the right ship in the right order. Otherwise, you're going to end up going nowhere and going to have to either go back to the if you get to the midpoint in the first place. Go back to the Man, midpoint or start all the way from the beginning again. Is that one of the first things that happens? Because I'd love to try to practice that myself before joining a raid team and embarrassing myself in front of five other if guys you can like that. It, no, you have to act. You'll, you'll need a whole team of people just to start the raid. It, ha, it has a similar oh, um, okay. vault of glass type start thing, except you're not standing on pillars. You have to go out and grab orby thing. You have to grab these orbs. And bring them to the uh, gate, but you have okay. you're timed on it. But it's definitely not nearly as annoying. If if you follow the guides that have been posted on the web, okay. it's not nearly as annoying as the Vault of Glass start. Oh, cool. Okay, I'm like, it's actually like a lot more fun. Start. So now, and do we have more Destiny news? Well, I was going to ask really quick. Um, so I, I don't play. I'm not. I'm not next gen yet, um, <laughs> or current gen. I guess if you really want to look at it. Uh, since we're like a year or so in. Um, now anyway, now did you guys see the door and say, oh, let me check this out, I or did you know. see it online or somewhere yeah, that it was Yeah, so did I. I saw it online. Yeah. I, I saw it via Kotaku. See, and that kind of, in you know, just, you know, the story before this, the, the magnificence of technology, this kind of opens up the, the downside of it in a way is that there there are no secrets, whether it be movies or TV or video games, it's so hard to keep things a secret. And something like this, it, you know, it's good to build it up. You know, we just have magazines and stuff for, for video games, but, um, you know, that, that's one interesting thing, is that, you know, all the secret, but as soon as someone finds if there are any other hidden, uh, you know, missions or anything like that, yeah. as I, soon as it's you know, found, it's, it's online. Absolutely. Well, yeah, because like everyone wants a ten seconds it on Reddit. You know, that's where I happen to see it. The Destiny subreddit. Uh, they they were pretty happy with it. Uh, they had posted. It. They were quick to post a video. Of course, you know they they were really excited to get that video up there. Me, I'm like, how are you guys playing Destiny at nine in the morning? I have to go to work. I'm jealous. But so you know, of course, I didn't get a chance to tackle it until later that day. But uh, the uh, I think that shows. Well, heck, I mean, everything about the Taken King has shown that they have, that the programmers of Destiny have listened to a lot of the feedback. But for all the hype that Bungie put out there, for all the new things that they showed off about the Taken King, and they didn't even touch this, that they were willing to put some things like surprises like this in here, man, is Bungie committed to, to really making some inroads with uh, players, making sure they're having a fresh experience with the game. I mean, it's tremendous. Hopefully that this isn't the only surprise they've put in. So everyone puts yeah. in countless hours exploring. Exactly. Yeah. But there's nothing yeah. to explore. I mean, you know, I so would, hopefully you know, that's to not be the honest, case. I wish I would have had my Gallerhorn in that secret mission. Boy, it would have been nice to have a fully functional Gallerhorn. Thanks, Bungie. But still, at least they're caring about the gameplay and showing that it uh, the the game is growing. It really is growing. Uh, Jason Schreier over at Kotaku, he had a uh, one-liner that described it perfectly. He said that he once described Destiny as a game that's been in beta for a year and was getting to be released on September 15th. <laughs> I thought that was, that was about the best way to describe it. <laughs> and now the same reporter, he, can't make his, uh, he says he can't make the same jokes about it because he loves the game so much. He can't think of anything funny to write. You know, I, and in terms of addressing like the whole idea of games and secrets and communities, I think what 
Destiny, what you know, the secret of Destiny getting out, that secret mission getting out represents is that the community of gamers is more open, we're, we're more willing to mm-hmm. share information now, so that the game is better for everyone and everyone has better enjoyment. That could be my altruistic, naive view. It could just be people who want their 10 seconds of fame, want to be, oh my god, my screen, my user ID has been mentioned on, you know, on Reddit, on Kotaku, on wherever else yeah. and people have seen that I've done this first this is amazing and then you know go back to whatever they're doing and that they're whatever they're not doing that allows them to play destiny at 9 a.m. but i think you know while that te- that whole kind of like selfish i want my 10 seconds thing is kind of odd it's beneficial for me because I would not have found that. I would have just been like, okay, I'm going to do the mission. Oh, crap. I have to get out of here. I have to complete this to get yeah, my I would like to, daily reward. I would like to Why am I going to go off on some tangent? I would find it because, so, I mean, whenever I played Skyrim, I annoyed everybody watching me playing Skyrim because I would explore every little nook, every little cranny, and every little cave. And like, there's a dragon outside. Get to it, Jill. But there might be a sweet roll. So, you know, I would like to think that I would, but in reality, I probably wouldn't, because Destiny really conditioned me to get through the grind, to do it as quick as possible, to get your rewards, get your loot, and then go on to the next thing. Hey, you got buddies waiting to go Crucible. So, uh, yeah, I pro- I would not have found that without the community either. I don't. I never played World of Warcraft, um, but I do know that the community of Destiny players... Seems to be a little bit more altruistic, a little more helpful than other video game communities. I don't know if that's just me patting myself on the back, which trust me, I love patting myself on the back. But the it just the the group of players that I found have been really great and have kind of changed my perception of online gaming with groups. I mean, before I would jump on very rarely. I mean, especially if I'm going to play Counter Strike or something like that. I mean, no, I don't want to talk to anybody. Ew, why would I, ew, these guys are like really try hard intense I can't deal with this but in destiny it's been a, it's been a great experience which is great the, the toxicity yeah. and stuff ruins it like you said oh, I don't want to talk to these people yeah I'm playing GTA 5 or any number of shooters on, on Xbox live you're not so much talking to someone as being oh, cussed at <laughs> by children. <laughs> So there's not a lot yeah, of conversation I haven't happening. Had to, I haven't run into a lot of kids. Uh, they're, they're, but I would, yeah. there are a couple of kids that I have raided with, and they've been they've been amazingly mature. You know, except for like excessive teabagging, and then I have to get into dad mode. Stop that! I will turn this ship around. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. you don't know where their face has been. <laughs> uh, honestly, I've I've run into a lot of kids on on uh, yeah. That's on this game, and some of them are good, some of them are not. Honestly, I, I prefer yeah. <laughs> to raid with people who are at least seventeen. <laughs> you know, so, someone who is you. Know, but it's at the same time. I think I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that yeah, whole kid comment. I, yeah. But I'm just like you know, kids. That, um, but that's that's gonna be any know, games. You know, but, anything is gonna have know, that mixed crowd of awesome people and not so awesome people. That anything, anything that you're interacting with others, there's no way it's gonna be a hundred percent. Certainly, but I this this oh I remember the thread of where I was going. I forgot and now I remembered. I smacked myself and it worked. Um, my, the where I was going was you said tryhards and the toxicity. I think there is a certain level of toxicity though, but it's not in the game. It's actually in. The it's in like sites for LFG or you know I I've encountered it a little bit like um for example on Dest I go to DestinyTracker.com that's how I, or if, that's how I look for groups and get into raids and do all my things but it's like people are posting you must have two you must be above two ninety three light level to do this you know we will not take anyone above two ninety three I'm like if I can get this far as a two eighty with an, in a group of people that were two nineties two eighties and then one kid who was a 250, and we got stuck because the kid who was 250 kept dying, and we and we should have replaced him. Then at 287, I should be able to do the raid. But you know, no one will take me seriously because I don't have the requisite light level. And before yeah. in Destiny, it was I don't have a maxed out Galhorn. And then on the other hand, you know, it's just like you know your normal matchmaking stuff. I was having a particularly bad 
match. Uh, I was doing a, a vanguard strike, a, a, hero, a, a heroic vanguard strike, and I, I wasn't doing well. I was having a bad, bad round. I just hmm. everything I did was wrong. I just kept on dying. I couldn't even res guys without dying. And this guy sent me a very long faith message what? after the mission was over. He's like, "Oh my god, oh. what are you a year two player? Because you play like it." And the guy, yeah, the guy just started bashing me. I'm just like, "What?" I was like, "Nah, dude, year one is like I have a bad, I had a bad game. Chill out, you know. I'm sorry, I'm not playing to your standards." And the guy just continued to rag on me up until I just blocked. I just, <laughs> I just did a, I, I just laid down a mic drop comment on him, and I, oh, and I, and then I blocked him. See, there's like something there. like like that's so like, I can appreciate the people ahead of time saying we want someone at this level. That way, you're not getting in there with them, and, and then they get mad because maybe you're not up to their what they want you to be, and then you've got to deal with the the backlash and all that. So I can like, yeah, but even but even at like a two ninety light level, it doesn't mean you're going to be good. All a two ninety all a two ninety five light level means is that you've ground you've grinded enough to get gear to get because your light level is designated by a average of all of your guns all the attack of your guns and all the defense of your armor and it basically takes all that and averages it into an aggregate that determines your light level and so a light level has no 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 description on skill it is just a light levels are used as recommendations like you should not do this unless you have X light level though if you are a good player and you have you know, you know that's a, a good piece point. of crap really like and you're at 280 you can still do it working now but you so, uh, you make the point that it, it can address or it, it doesn't reflect what you are good at because you could have some really strong uh, armor and your weapons might be a little weak you may not be able to do if you're 290 and you have that those kind of uh, you have that kind of gear. You may not do as da- much damage as a guy with uh, as a guy with really uh, hyped up weapons. You might be great with your uh, crest of Alpha Loopy and be able to revive and survive, but you know you're not going to do a lot of damage. And that's one of the shortcomings of the light level. It doesn't really reflect those kind of changes. What kind of player you are? What kind of uh, what your best skill is at that point? I mean, yeah, and at least in creating groups, the yeah. way I frame it is recommended 290. We'll take 280s. I will take anyone. I will basically take anyone from 285 up, and I'll say, look, it's just it's not a, it's not saying your skill is there. It's just there's a threshold of gear you yeah. need to survive. Absolutely. 285 is the absolute that, lowest um, you can go. The the part of the reason Gallerhorn is gone, and I think part of the reason everybody got a chance to get a Gallerhorn from Zer is because Bungie saw that exact scenario that you're talking about play out in so many communities, and they took steps to specifically address it. So what I'm wondering is when Bungie sees this issue, you got to be 290. you got to know you can't play. What are they going to do? How are they going to respond to this? Can they even do this? Because, I mean, you know, having, you know, blocking access to because of a weapon is one thing, but blocking access because of one of the core statistics in the game, I don't know how to solve that problem. <laughs> Boom. I, and on that on that bombshell, <laughs> to, bar, to, to borrow the top gear, with that on that bombshell, good night! No, not really. Uh, Nick, it's your turn. <laughs> oh, my. Um, oh, my. <laughs> so... Um, Nickelodeon has announced, or I guess maybe it's Viacom, since that's the the papa company, mama company, um, that they will be uh, showing a lot of 90s uh, old cartoons. Uh, I guess some live action, salute your shorts and the like. Um, It's going to be similar to like a Nick at Night block, so there'll be the whole night with a bunch of... um, you know, 90s era cartoons and... and, um, and shows and me as a '90s kid, I'm super excited about this. Uh, never mind that I don't have cable and can't watch it, but you know the idea of it. Um, you know because you know, so I said I'm a '90s kid, um, but the idea is pretty much timeless as as far as you know. How come shows aren't like they used to be? How come I can't watch the shows from when I was younger? So this is pretty excellent. Um, 
I know it kind of goes hand in hand with the the rumors, or I'm not sure if it's been announced yet, a standalone Nicktoons channel, or you know, uh, a, a optional um, channel. Um, so I'm pretty pretty psyched for that because I I've, if this does well, which I don't see how it wouldn't, um, it's only a matter of time because everyone complains and, and wants to watch. Uh, you know, something to go back to their uh, youth. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a perfect time for it. I mean, and hopefully not be crushed June, if it doesn't live up it, to um, it. Uh, one of the new late night shows, uh, Keenan and Kel reunited on uh, Jimmy Fallon's show. Uh, the you know, I, I am always down for Ren Stimpy. Yeah. I always dug. Uh, I was I, I was more of an '80s kid, but I really liked Are You Afraid of the Dark. I loved Ren and Stimpy. I mean, the uh, that cartoon was so messed up. My my big bummer is that it's just the '90s. So my favorite Nick tune of all time, Invader Zim, has been left out of this. Sigh. Even though I have every script memorized, but still, the yeah, I mean, what a great idea. The I can't wait to see. I mean, other especially a lot of these have uh, been. Uh, I mean, Rugrats have really never gone away. I mean, they, they've kind of remained popular. Now, Cat Dog, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, yeah. Angry Beavers, eh. but I mean, no, Cat Dog and Angry Beavers are both good. I mean, Rocco's Modern. I I haven't I haven't seen people post stuff about Rocco's Modern Life, and I'm just like, <laughs> I can't believe I watched that and missed all of the dirty references in that show. Oh my yeah, god! I still remember some of them. <laughs> I, I remember bits and pieces. yeah. It's like it's like I it's like I read it and I'm like, oh my god, that's what that meant. <laughs> There was uh, an elevator to hell, oh. and it said hell on the cartoon. And I was like, "There's other like animaniacs, <laughs> like they're like, oh, this is hell," and they're like, "No, you can't say that. We'll get in trouble." But they had it written on a sign. Um, had Rocco, they had a nude beach, and um, I think Rocco took his his had to take his shirt yeah. off, so he doesn't wear pants. So he takes his shirt <laughs> off, and someone comes over and puts a sensor bar over his bottom, even though it's always showing. Anyway. And 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 then you know the fact that. Um, Rocco works for a sex line. <laughs> yeah, I have seen that picture recently. But I mean, you know, I, I, I like I wouldn't watch old episodes of Legend of the Hidden Temple, even though that was a great, great show. I would, I really want to watch like you know, I, I honestly like the Wild Thornberries. I thought like the I because that's this classic. Um, oh, Tim Curry, oh, yeah. Doctor Frankenfurter. What's the guy's name? I can't remember his name. What's his name? Tim it's, Curry. T- it's, it, it's Tim. It's, yeah, it's Tim Curry. And then the and then Donnie was just hilarious because he would just run around and gibber and act like an animal, but he really was kind of like a Deus Ex Machina for the show. He kind of moved things along, and you know it was just. There was really, I mean, there were some really great shows, really great cartoons yes. back in the '90s that were hilarious. <laughs> well, well, I, mean, I think was, it came out. Zoom would have so, been good you know, it's to technically add. Technically, not a '90s <laughs> thing, I, but you know, I'd love to see it return to TV, yeah. even if it's just a well, rerun of the original series. I, I would love to see that on a on a TV screen again. I, just, you know what, you can probably get your fix from watching Angry Beavers, though, because uh, yeah. I believe Daggett. Is uh, yeah, I think the I can't remember. I think his name he also did the right. of the but, cat yeah. half of Cat Dog. That is the same guy, right? But uh... oh, okay, never mind. Okay, no, that but was the, uh, yeah, Jim and, Cummings, and, and I believe it's Jim Cummings. It that will uh, that will probably make a lot of people uncomfortable with how long they watch it. Like, oh, Melissa Joan Hart is a kid. Oh, yeah, that's that's going to be uncomfortable. <laughs> Uh, they be, because they're gonna they're they're Why gonna remember. Gonna uh, well, I don't know. It's kind of like me and Alyssa Milano with uh, "Who's the Boss" episode. It's like, oh, I had a big crush on her when I was a kid. Oh, you know, it'll probably uh, <laughs> it'll probably rekindle all those uncomfortable feelings. Oh, but if, at least correct. At least for Melissa Joan Hart, after Clarissa, she did um, Sabrina. Yeah. So you've kind of grown up with her in a way, so it kind of stays even, I'd say. I wonder if they're going to bring back, um, what was that? Oh, they are going to bring back Harry hey Arnold. Football that was one of my right? favorite Nickelodeon cartoons. Okay, yeah. <laughs> that was cool. Because it really did, yeah, Football Head. It yeah, really did head. address some very adult issues in very clever ways. Like, and it really did a good job of addressing, you know, a lot of things teenagers face and, you know, young kids face and just kind of, like, bringing interesting situations and interesting resolutions. I always thought that was a good show to watch. 
I hate being the guy who's like, yeah, look at you know all these topics that these like these shows hit. <laughs> um, but then it's like, oh, now there's SpongeBob. Yeah. Which yeah, I'm nothing against SpongeBob, but you know, shows that kind of hit that mark as far as like they're just goofy and and sappy, but don't seem to really have a yeah, point. Yeah, I wonder if if the intelligence of cartoons has actually dropped since the '90s. Or is it the intelligence of audiences? Or maybe just the attention span? I don't know. But I mean, my siblings... For example, I I don't like Spongebob. I can't stand Spongebob. It annoys the crap out of me. But my sisters and my brother... And we're all, you know, between the age of 23 and 30, with me being 30. They like it. (laughs) I I can't stand it. It's like hearing Spongebob's voice is like nails on a chalkboard for me. Yeah, I, I, it's like I'm more in line. I'm more along the line with Squidward. It's like shut up, and it's just. But I loved. I like. Maybe it's just me, and I. I just like cerebral things. But I like those older cartoons where there is, you know, looking back on it, it's like yeah, they were doing a lot of stupid things. You know, but I think one of the there was intelligence is, behind uh, the stupidity. Not talked about much. Whenever you talk about how cartoons evolved, is the pace. It's really there. Uh, the cartoons are fast. The really successful ones, like SpongeBob, plays out very quickly. You just careen through the plot, uh, and I, you know, I, I'm I'm kind of thinking this out loud. So please call me out if I'm full of crap. But the uh, but what you, when you think of the pace of Zim, it was fast paced. Uh, when you compare that to some of the '90s cartoons that were just a little bit slower, uh, it took a little bit longer to get from point A to point B in the story. Now, even in some sitcoms, you can see that they are going. The, the pace in, in a plot is just screaming along, and yeah, that you do leave behind moments for things to develop. I kind of agree. Like, even I, I've noticed this in shows I like to watch. Like, um, like for example, I watched Castle, and I watched uh, one of my favorite shows was. Um, you know, just ended last season. Last year oh, was uh, okay, yeah. not last year, but last spring. It was uh, justified, and I think, and I think there were moments on those, like it de- certainly in Castle, where you know they are going fast, and it's like you're wondering what the hell's going yeah. on up until you get to the end of the episode, <laughs> and you're like, wait, what? <laughs> what just happened? And it's like you're you're you like it, and you love the story, and I'm you, know, you love the characters, and it's a really great show, but it's just like there are certain things that. You don't quite grasp up until the end, and I think for some things like that, it works. And it's just, I don't know what it is with cartoons, but I haven't found many cartoons that I've really attached to. Like, I, I never, I, I, I can, like, the Clone Wars. I, I can't really watch, like, the old, cl- like, the Clone Wars cartoons, hmm. but I really do like the Star Wars Rebels cartoons. I, like, I've tried, I've, I've gone back and tried to watch Clone Wars, and I just can't do it. I I've, I I got through. I'm like in the middle of season two, and I don't know what it is. It's the same team doing it, but I think with Rebels, they're taking a little bit more time to develop what's going on. It always mm, just felt yeah. like Clone Wars was moving at a very fast pace. But I think, but maybe that's just my opinion. I just need to spend more time with Clone Wars and really just watch <laughs> yeah, it because I love Star Wars, and I'm not gonna write anything off. But but you know, it's just. I do feel like, you know, looking back at Rugrats, it's like, you know, when they were planning to go out and do something, they would actually sit down and plan out and organize how they were going to do it, and then they'd execute. <laughs> you know, with SpongeBob, it's like, oh, I'm going to flip burgers. Oh, Patrick's here. What's going on, Patrick? Da-da-da-da-da. It's like, oh, let's go make, let's go make Squidward's life miserable. la 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 I was like, oh, Yeah, pretty God. much. <laughs> pretty much. And That's about 70% yeah. of the episodes. It's like, how how dumb can we be? And... I understand it's like, you know, it's just like, it's light humor, and, you know, not everything has to be cerebral and intelligent, but I'm just like, when everything was, when you actually had to think about things, like, even going back and, and like, when you actually had to think about everything that was going on, like, and I'm going to sound like a really old fart, like, when our our parents were kids, and there were the radio dramas, and there was only three channels on TV, and people would listen to the radio, and, you know, listen to radio plays and radio dramas, and they'd have to tune in every day at a specific time on the radio to hear what how Sherlock Holmes was going to, you know, how Basil Rathbun and Nigel Bruce as Sherlock Holmes and Watson were going to get out of Moriarty's sinister trap. You know, there was a lot more intelligence in, in the old. It just seems like there's a lot more intelligence the older, the farther you go back 
in media programming. And it seems like just as we've progressed, things have gotten faster because time blocks have shrunk and because of you know computers and technology and how fast we can get things, you know the pace of things has increased and the amount of content is not as smart for some things. And I mean, there's a lot of smart comedy out there. There's a lot of clever comedy, but I'm just like, I'm wondering if, you know, if this is just a cycle and everything's gonna kind of, if we're just gonna hit a point in the cycle where all of a sudden people are demanding more more out of media and looking for something with more cer- cerebralness, which is yeah. possibly a reason why I, why I watch a lot of BBC television. We'll also look at the fact that uh, podcasts are pretty huge right now, so it's it's almost cyclical in a way that, you know, I could be watching <laughs> yeah. Spongebob or I'll listen to some, some goons talk about who knows. Yeah, like, the nerd... I love the nerd... Uh, to, to plug another podcast that isn't ours... I love the Nerdist podcast. If you, it's worth, it's definitely worth giving a listen. But back to ours. Um, I mean, we're pushing forty-five minutes, but I've got, I've got one more topic. And if you guys have a backup one, we can, we can keep going for you know another fifteen minutes. Um, this comes from our Ace of Geeks correspondent, Marianne Butler, otherwise known as Mab, and her website, um, or the the. Website Aggressive Comics, whom she's the chief editor for for the web, I think. But she posted an article about how the new go- the Ghostbusters reboot Sigourney Weaver is going to be in it. It's official yes. from Paul Feig. Sigourney Weaver will be in their movie. But um, and you know, I don't know. Oh yeah. Huh. Apparently, it's Zur. It's Zul though. Um. Yeah, uh, Weaver plays cellist Dana Barrett in the first and second films and famously utters the phrase, There is no Dana, only Zool. She'll, she'll be joining already announced castmasters Kristen Wiig, Melissa McCarthy, Kate McKinnon, Leslie Jones, Chris Hemsworth, Neil Casey, and Andy Garcia. Um, oh, and there's a video for a Ecto Cooler. <laughs> you're going to get slimed. I'm going to have to look that up and figure out how to make it. Anyways. <laughs> Wait, isn't that, that used to. They used to be the old high seas. I remember those were so cool. (laughs) Those were awesome. I I begged mom and dad to buy me those when I was a kid. Because now, uh, talk about '90s cartoons that need to be back on TV. Ghostbusters is one of them. The old night Ghostbusters, and then the one that they made in like there was one called the real Ghostbusters, and I thought that one was pretty good. Ultimate, Uh, the ultimate, or the real Ghostbusters. The real Ghostbusters well, now, was like you, the was the '90s one, and then there was like Ghostbusters Extreme, which I thought was kind of cool. There, yeah, but sorry, but yeah, yeah. no, I, I think they need to yeah, bring back the real Ghostbusters cartoon because that was just awesome. One hundred percent, good old, and and you know the OG Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon too, because you know those were '90 car- those were not those are true '90s cartoons and '80s cartoons at their best. At least Turtles is on DVD. Huh. I don't know that real Ghostbusters. Is I don't on know. DVD. I don't think it is. I, I'm, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some sort of like rights tied up in that or yeah. something stupid that. Keeps At the risk of revealing how old I know, am, I think the creating thing to have piles of money. Ninja Turtles was for their eyes to develop pupils because once that happened, uh, they got a whole lot less awesome and a whole lot more cowabunga, dude, and that just really kind of broke my heart from the uh, from the comics. But that's. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was going to say it's the, okay uh, the, to be I wrong. Video game eventually brought me around to those turtles. Uh, the I pumped so many tokens into that thing. Um, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, which oh why my is God, there no I spent hours at that, video game at that for arcade Ghostbusters? Game. Four Ghostbusters, four players. Hello, should have happened, Konami. What were you thinking? Did you? <laughs> you, need, yes. you need to go back in time and, do that now, and become yeah, for, um, a billionaire uh, yeah, with that idea. Exactly. Uh, but no, da- Fire I was up the really TARDIS. happy to see Sigourney Weaver sign on to this project because it gives uh, it gives it kind of more of a I don't know brings the uh, brings the two eras together. Maybe we can forget everything that happened in Ghostbusters too. But the um, but. <laughs> oh, this is the, oh, don't even I, hate on that movie. I like that movie. <laughs> Don't even go I, there. I, I will reach through this microphone uh, the, and strangle you. I, that movie was uh, my childhood. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm trying hard not to hate. I'm trying. 
Um, the we'll we'll do that in another podcast. Uh, but but uh. yeah, the uh, just to bring back the Ghostbusters with the <laughs> cast that they have announced, I am immensely excited for this. I mean, that's the you know to put to put uh, actresses like Kristen Wiig and Melissa McCarthy in those roles. Uh, that that's going to be fantastic. I am pumped for this. That's going to be. I think yes, it's going to be hilarious. Yes. And the fact that Chris Hemsworth yeah. is the Office Boy is really funny too. That's going. That's going to be awesome. And I, I, I'm in a, a wait and see. I'm definitely not writing it off because of all the you know all the negativity around it. I'm not in that camp at all. Yeah. Um, well, I but, mean, yeah, know, it's, it's Ghostbusters, and don't they have a lot of the same writers? See. I need yeah. to. Uh, I'm hopeful. Uh, yeah, it's Ghostbusters. Feig, Feig. Paul, Paul Feig's directing it, and I think um, who wrote? I think it was it, it was Ramis and yeah. um, Ackroyd, yeah, right? You know, that's it together, that's what Ramis gives me uh, hope in it. I mean, it's it, it it comes from the same kind of place and the same kind of spirit. So the uh, the talk about an all girl Ghostbusters crew just really is a distraction for me. I don't really care uh, because it looks like it's going to have a great a, a great skeleton of good writing and a good concept. And it's been a, it's a project that's been in development yeah. forever, so it, it, <laughs> it should be for the amount of time they've put into it. But you know, who knows? We 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 don't know. And right. on that bombshell of not knowing, I'm bringing this to an end. Right. So before we go, do you guys have any specific places God, that you would the, like to uh, plug for yourself before I do all the nah, easy plugs? I'll see you online, and you can you can also read some of my back stuff about Destiny at JoplinGlobe.com. Nick, anything to plug? <laughs> you can see uh, pictures of his looks. I got nothing. At, Hi, I'm Nick. I'm just here for my looks. Nickandstuff.com. I don't know. Is, is that your web address? I don't know. Ah, uh, gotcha. Okay. <laughs> uh, not safe for work. I, I, I've already said too much. Right. So, if you're looking to find it, find the Ace of Geeks, you can find us on Facebook, the Ace of Geeks Podcast, Twitter, at Ace of Geeks, YouTube, just search Ace of Geeks, Instagram, at Ace of Geeks, the blog, Ace of Geeks net tumblr aceofgeeks.tumblr.com google plus the ace of geeks basically if you have interwebs <laughs> type in ace of geeks in any search bar and somehow you'll find us and i'm david I, I am david and for joe and nick thank you have a wonderful day dun, dun. the end see ya With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.